I'm Sean Fennessy. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And together we host The Big Picture, the Ringer's film podcast for new releases, career retrospectives, director interviews, movie drafts, top fives, and so much more. Twice a week, we break down the latest releases, argue about whether movies are doomed, and debate our modern film canon. Listen to The Big Picture on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of Dissect. I'm your host, Cole Kushna. On today's show, we are conducting a Radiohead song draft, in which myself and my two guests will each draft a team of our favorite Radiohead songs across their entire discography. Joining us for today's draft are two masters of this entirely made-up format and two of my biggest favorite podcasters in the world. Uh, We have the host of the Big Picture Podcast and the Ringer's head of content, Sean Fennessy. Sean, what's up, man? Hey, Cole. And we also have the host of The Watch Podcast and The Ringer's editorial director, Chris Ryan. How's it going, man? What's up, Cole? Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, Very, very, very excited about this episode. I'm going to explain the rules of the draft in a moment, but I wanted to ask you guys a few questions first. I know you guys are both big Radiohead fans, but I don't know exactly where that fandom started. So I'm curious to know if there was a song, an album, a moment, a live show, what got you into the band? Uh, and what do they kind of mean to your life at this point? Sean, we can start with you. I was going to say age before beauty. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure you want me to go first? Um, well, mine mine is probably um, later than Chris's because I was not present for Pablo Honey or the Benz. I certainly had heard Creep, but did not associate it with a band that I cared about. And so I think I want to say it was the Paranoid Android video that got me emotionally connected to Radiohead. And for a long time, I found myself wondering why Paranoid Android was my favorite song, but everybody seemed to be like lapping me in sophistication mm. uh, because I that was that was my, my entry point really to connecting with the band and then discovering OK Computer and then going back and buying the Benz and then going back and buying Pablo Honey and wondering why it sucked. And, <laughs> you know, having like having that journey through the discography. And then I was fortunate enough to kind of be entering the world of music criticism, I guess, for lack of a better word, as the band was fully realizing its creative potential. Um, but I missed the first two. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I think that if I'm being honest, the way that I was introduced to this band was obviously through Creep. Um, Pablo Honey, at least in Philadelphia, was something of a, a dollar bin, uh, like UCD, uh, like staple. So you would see a lot, and I kind of considered them... I think to the extent that I understood this term back then, a one-hit wonder. Right. But I remember pretty clearly in the spring-ish of 95, senior year of high school, when the fake plastic trees video started going into rotation. And, you know, obviously an amazing video, Tom in the shopping cart. It's a, it's a great move. I do that sometimes at Gelson's yeah. just to yeah. just to freak people out. But We do that with my daughter and you. I push two <laughs> carts, my wife pushes one, and we, you, I push the other. Um, that song in particular... I remember being like, this feels like way deeper and more important than just like a cool alternative nation, 120 minutes buzz bin single. And turns out that was the case. And that record, you know, obviously blows up. And then uh, my, my relationship with the band itself was really solidified when OK Computer came out. And I still remember the first notes of Airbag and being like, well, 
this is the best band in the world. Right. What What about you, Cole? Yeah, I mean, I'm later than than both of you. I didn't discover them till Kid A. I had written them off as, I heard, obviously I heard Creep a thousand times and I just kind of associated them with Creep for years. Uh, I had people in my life telling me to listen to this amazing band. I was into, I mean, at that time in like high school, I was deep into my <laughs> into my collection of No Limit Records CDs. Um, <laughs> <For sure>. Just, <laughs> I think yeah. I had about Radiohead, 30... I have Silk the Shocker to listen <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got into like pop punk, like Blink-182, and I just kind of missed it. And I, I'd kind of just written them off and I, I thought I had them figured out. Someone showed me Kid A. I can't remember. I, I wish I could remember the moment I heard Kid A for the first time, but that album blew my mind. It was right place, right time as well, because I was, what, maybe I was 20 at the time when I heard it. Mm-hmm. I was really getting like creatively with my own music. Um, I was really kind of finding myself with books and movies, and it just came at the perfect time. I have such vivid memories of specifically listening to Kid A on these long road trips that me and my friends would take spontaneously, where it was kind of a tradition where we would drive to the beach and we would leave at like 11 p.m. at night. And we would wait till we hit the freeway and we'd press play on everything in its right place and it would soundtrack our our night drive to the beach. And it just I just have associations with freedom of youth and exploring and, and discovering myself. Uh, and from then on, you know, I kind of followed them in real time. And I, of course, went back to OK Computer, The Benz, et cetera. Not really connecting still with those records as much as Kid A and post-Kid A, uh, but obviously recognizing the greatness uh, from that point. But I think um, one of the interesting things about this exercise was we all got to kind of holistically look at their catalog, which at this point seems more or less complete. We, we might get one more album, it sounds like, maybe. You never know with them. But for the most part, I think we have a kind of a, a grip on on their discography. So I'm curious to know some of your your guys' thoughts as you were kind of revisiting it for this exercise. Uh, and if there was like an album maybe that resonated with you more now than maybe it did previously? Um, well, as far as going back through the discography and going back through the catalog, I... I, it, when people ask me, like, oh, what are your favorite bands? It's rare that I would be like Radiohead, you know, that that would be like a personal kind of like choice for me. And I don't know why, because when I go back through their discography, I think I remember where I was in my life when this record came out. Almost every one of these records has only expanded in meaning and depth to me as the years have gone by. I don't think they've really made a bad record. They've made records that maybe aren't as good as other Radiohead records, but there's no absolute swing and a miss like like in their in their entire catalog and if i had to pick one that i I, i'm really not trying to blow smoke cold but if i have to pick one that's been kind of exploding for me it's been in rainbows because i've been Mm. listening to the pod and you know like i think the the level of care you put into the pod and the level of detail you you applied in your analysis of these songs made me go back to not only emotionally where I was when in rainbows came out and the amazing moment that was of like this record's coming out and you can just pay a dollar for it. And there's another CD with it that you can get, or another download that you can get of more songs. All of these things felt really novel at the time. Uh, but also just like my relationship to those songs and, and how, you know, you start out and you have three favorites and then over the years you get three different favorites and over the yeah. years it's three different favorites and then there's no skips on it. And it's just such like a, it's such an amazing, amazing piece. And it's only been sort of, uh, 
I've, uh, my appreciation has only grown by listening to dissect this season. Great, Sean. Crystal, my answer. Um, I was thinking about this while we were preparing with films. Every time a new film comes out from some from an artist I care about, after I see it, I start to think about what does it mean to their legacy as a filmmaker, and what are they trying to communicate by making making the choice to make that movie? Probably to an unhealthy degree. And at a certain point with music, I stopped thinking about that. And particularly with bands, I stopped thinking about that. I think in part because I was getting a little bit bored by the narrative of Radiohead as like a fearlessly experimental, but yet somehow still commercial band that was always, um, that had a kind of mathematical sense of greatness that was always trying to upend its own genius by trying something new. Mm. And I felt like I'd heard that story like three or four album cycles in a row and got bored. And I, so I just stopped reading anything about Radiohead. I didn't stop listening. I, I, I've, I've been in tune to every album release cycle and spent a lot of time with the records. Um, and Rainbows is probably the 21st century album of theirs that I have gone back to the most, but I will just fully echo what Chris said. Like you have spent so much time and effort clarifying both technique and where the band was at this time in the series that I have such a deep appreciation for what they were attempting to do with this record now that one, you now have to do this for every radio record. <laughs> yeah, Congratulations. Right, yeah. Um, we'll talk about that. <laughs> and two, uh, it just makes the songs more enjoyable. Have fun with King of Limbs, yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say in Rainbows too. I mean, I have, I, you know, they all kind of expand over time. And like, right. to me, the like, let it rip one is the bends where I just put it on and I'm just like, this is just fucking rocks. Like I, yeah. I just play this for my kid. Like I can play it when I'm alone, like writing late at night. I can play it in the morning when I first wake up. Like it, it's kind of a perfect pop rock album, but in rainbows is the one that I feel like has a really swirling depth to it right now. Is there a, um, what you said about directors, is there a director comp that you might compare? Yeah. Kubrick. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. That's my favorite director of all time. Well, it's like the technical master who only made 10 movies, right. who makes you wait, who's mysterious, who doesn't do a lot of press, um, who kind of shifts between genre, but there's right. always something ineffably them inside the thing. So yeah, that, that feels feels easy, right? Beautiful. Would you agree? I was going to say Justin Lin, but yeah, Cooper <laughs> Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, let's jump into the draft. Um, explain the rules for the listeners here. Um, each of us are going to draft a total of 10 songs. We must each select one song from each Radiohead studio album, plus one wildcard song selected from their B-sides, EP, singles, basically any song that does not appear on a full-length EP. Uh, there is one small twist, though. Um, each of us have the option of using what I'm calling a bypass card, which allows you to bypass... Uh, selecting a song from one album in exchange for a second song from another album. So for example, I could bypass selecting a song from King of Limbs in exchange for a second song on OK Computer. The bypass card is optional and can only be used once. Does that make sense? Ingenious little little invention here. Uh, Cole, I really, I really like this and um, I can't wait to see how different people use it. I wonder if we'll all bypass the same record. My gut is that we will. This is a major innovation that I will be stealing. Okay. So I want to I want to thank you for the creation, and I'm happy to walk away with the copyright because um, <laughs> it's just a really really good idea. It's Spotify Ringer IP, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in a family together. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's interesting though too because philosophically, it's like, do you want the purity of a, yeah, of a complete list, right? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to bypass what I think maybe we're all going to bypass, which is why I kind of came up with this concept. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, maybe someone will surprise. 
I guess. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so to determine the draft order, I'm going to go ahead and volunteer to take the third position. You guys are my guests, so I'll take third position. Are we sure third position isn't a great place is to it be? The in? best place possible to be. Yeah. There's oh, some is debate. It? There's some debate draft strategy wise. Okay. Well, I think the debate is really whether or not second or third is best. I tend to think third is better than second. But nobody likes first. No, first usually is the winner. Mm. Because there's often, now at least in, in movie drafting terms, I have not drafted songs before actually. In movie drafting terms, there's always like one totemic release from a given year or genre or artist career. Do you feel like in Radiohead's case, there's one song that is yeah, the song? Yeah, like that's a good question is like, I, without, we, I, I want to get to the draft, Cole, so I don't want to distract you, but like, is there a dark night on this, in this catalog? With songs that, I mean, if there was, I think, well, actually, even if it was in albums, I think it would, it wouldn't be that, actually. I think yeah, I agree. the collection is so strong. I, I have one, there's actually just one song on here that I really, really want. And I was surprised about how many other songs I was willing to let go because in exchange for that, there was another great song on the album. Uh, so I had no problem giving up my favorite song from a, a, most albums. So... How about I'll, I'll do my little trivia thing that I was going to do for you guys, and whoever wins could pick their their spot, whether that okay. be first or that third. That sounds good. Okay, so the hint here is, and you guys can shout your number at any time. I'm going to pick a number zero through ten in my head, um, and whoever gets closest to the number will get to select their draft order. The hint is this. Well, it's not really. It's heavily the number is heavily associated with in rainbows, and you guys can shout whenever. Five. Seven. The answer was 10. Uh, do you guys know that about the 10 spiracy around in Rainbows? You mentioned it in the yeah. series. Yeah. Um, okay. So it was released on October 10th, 1010. Uh, they posted 10 blog posts and lead up to the album. It was announced 10 days before it was released. There's 10 songs on the album. There's 10 letters in, in Rainbows. Um, and so everything about this album is associated with the number 10. And then there's this theory that it connects back to OK Computer, um, which is also a 10-letter title uh, with the same structure. Uh, and that's original title was zeros and ones, so the opposite of 10, um, all accumulating into this uh, mega album, I guess. Where Have you guys heard of this? No. No. So, okay. So you're supposed to play the tracks from OK Computer and In Rainbows in alternating order. And apparently well, the conspiracy is that they did this intentionally and that they complement each other. Um, Man, eat your the, fucking heart out, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I can't wait to drive home and do this. <laughs> yeah, It's also we funny to- that you're saying that because like, I was just listening to your Recorder episode and Tom's like, I don't know what these words are about. Like... <laughs> You think he's sitting there piecing together the 10 spiracy? Well, that's the other reason why the Kubrick comparison is apt, right? If you see Room 237, for example, the the desperation to understand the intention of, you know, things that don't actually matter is the true, like, scope of psychotic fandom. And Radiohead elicits Uh, that kind of fandom. I am a happy member of that club. I'm obsessed over Eyes Wide Shut probably more than any other movie or album uh, even th- uh, that I do on Dissect. Um, that's actually, the premise of Dissect started with Eyes Wide Shut. Maybe that's a story for a- another podcast. But um, my obsession with art and getting to the bottom of mysteries started with Eyes Wide Shut. Um, that sounds like a podcast you should make. 
Yeah, I would well, listen to Cole's exploration of Eyes Wide Shut. Dissect in a Eyes Wide Shut. Podcast. Oh my god! Yeah. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm listening. Say no more. I'm hard as rock. Um, <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, Chris was technically closer with seven. So I go first. Okay. Um, so you. What well, do you do? Do you want first? Yeah, I'll go first. I'll okay. go first. Uh, I'm gonna take my favorite radio song. So I'm gonna take uh, my kid A song. It's Idiotech. Um, this one is probably the one I've listened to the most. It's the one that kind of ripples with new layers. One of the things that's been so cool about listening to the season you just made, Cole, is like you emphasize how Radiohead promotes active listening and how Radiohead records are eminently, eminently, eminently re-listenable because you hear different things. And I feel like I'm still hearing different things in Idiotech, just in the programming, in the sort of subliminal, almost background vocals that they do, uh, in the, especially in the beginning of the song and at the end of the song with Tom's voice and, and, and I assume Ed's voice, but I'm not sure. And uh, this was uh, when, when Kid A came out, I remember feeling so... Um, not frustrated, but like they, I needed skeleton key songs in Kid A because there, there was this is a kind of music that I didn't really listen to a lot of IDM. I didn't really listen to a lot of avant-garde classical and all the, th the sort of new influences that they were bringing to their sound. And I needed something that had a kind of quintessential Radiohead melancholic but beautiful melody. And that's where I found it. I found it in Idiotech. And I just think it's one of the most gorgeous songs I've ever heard. And I'm, I'm happy to have it first. I will go on the record to say that is my favorite drum beat of all time. I think it's yeah. the sounds of those drums on Idiotech are fucking amazing. And Johnny built those uh, from scratch. So there you have it. What a genius. Yeah. Um, I have a very vivid memory of hearing that song. I want to say it was in the summer of 2001. I might have told you this already, Cole. I think that they played Liberty Island in the touring run. So in front of the Statue of Liberty, they played this song at 9 p.m. Wow. And at the like the conclusive moment of the set, like the, not the, the, the sort of the climactic moment of yeah. their set. Because this this song wasn't like the single. It wasn't even like the third but single. But it's become like, but it's, their, like it's kind of the song on the album. shows with yeah. and, and stuff. Yeah. And I, I, it's interesting that it has evolved into that. I think it was so bracing for people at the outset because of what you were describing that it's like, you can feel the like German house and Autakura and all the you know the influences in that in that record, but um, that's not my favorite song on the album though. I'm wondering though, like should we do a Kid A run? Like what happens here? So Chris takes one. It's a big one. There's mm. a couple of other big ones on Kid A. Yeah. What's my strategy here? Is it to go Kid A to get in front of you, Cole, that you don't take one from me, or do I feel comfortable knowing that there's a third one, or what if a bypass is used on a record and then I lose my opportunity at Kid A? I love the game. What theory. if I'm playing my own Ted Spiracy and I'm about to assemble <laughs> the actual best Radiohead Ted song? <laughs> you might be. Yeah. Um, I don't have a favorite Radiohead song, which is a challenge of this draft. I, there's yeah. not one thing that I immediately know I want to do. I came in and I wrote down two, four, six, seven songs from Kid A that I could potentially draft because that's how much I love this record. Is, this, is Kid A your guys' favorite record? I think it's in Rainbows now. Oh, wow. Okay. I still think it's computer, but but yes, it's okay. the, th those are my three children. Though. Okay, computer is kind of in the like volume two hard knock life zone for me. Where I'm like, like, I can't hear those. Songs I can't anymore. hear it anymore. Yeah. yeah, you know, or like I love it. It's perfect. It changed my life. That might have been the same. That might have come out in the same year. Um, yeah, 
but 97 right yeah 97 yeah yeah um and it like probably changed like my taste in in some profound ways but i also can't i think i'm gonna go <sighs> this is a bad pick but i'm doing it uh i'm taking how to disappear completely whoa which that is okay is a little bit oh, mad. I'm a little bit mad. Dude, I, I got little... you. I got you. That's you the one you wanted? It wasn't the kill shot, but it's it's fucking close. You're, you're, you're winged. Yes. He winged you. Yes. Wow. Okay, that's exciting. So I'm late to this. Like many people, I think I heard the national anthem or everything in its right place as you talked right. about Cole. And I was like, these songs are, this is redefining what modern rock and roll yeah. is. Right. And I, I, took, I bought that hook, line, and sinker. I listened to those songs over and over and over again. I loved them. I thought about them. Um... I couldn't get my head around Idiotech when I first heard it. I couldn't get into that stuff. But Optimistic and those other two, I was like, this band still rocks yeah. in a new way. This is like our Emerson, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, but they're cool. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've been drawn more towards these kind of mournful ballads that they've written over the years. You talked about this in, in Rainbows too, in the kind of second half of that record. And How to Disappear Completely also feels like a signal to me of where Johnny is going with score composition. It's his um, breakthrough moment. It's yes. a breakthrough orchestral moment. Yeah. Yes. And so it's a, it's like a song I could listen to every day. So that's that's my first pick. It is one of the most haunting songs. I mean, the backstory behind it is pretty I mean, it, he wrote it while on the OK Computer tour just feeling completely out of sorts. Um apparently the the chorus was what Michael Stipe from REM told him when he was having these kind of uh mental health breakdowns. Yeah. Um you know, that was what, that was the advice that he gave him. Um, just a powerful song. I mean, the the rare guitar song on Kid A or Amnesiac, uh, because it was written early, but the way they develop it is everything. Um, those strings, well, particularly, it might be actually the first instance of Johnny blending the Owens Martineau, which is like the early um, synthesized, analog synthesizer with the orchestral thing, strings, which is, a kind of quintessential uh, Radiohead trademark at this point. Um, I love this song, and like I said, yeah, Johnny's Johnny's or <laughs> orchestration is just out of this world. And he, I mean, like that was like his first stab at orchestration, and to do that is just fucking phenomenal. It's kind of chosen but, one, like you're LeBron James for a reason, kind of stuff. You know, exactly. like you just you're, he was born to do it. Yeah. Okay, so my pick. Yeah, two. Yeah. Okay. So the one I really wanted, I kind of spilled the beans with my, my origin story with Radiohead, but it's everything in its right place. It's hard for, it's, it's such a subjective pick for me, but it's also a beloved song by Radiohead. Apparently it was the first song that taught. So when, when he was transitioning from okay computer and abandoning guitar, uh, and strictly writing on piano, this was the first song that he wrote, uh, on piano ever, which is just like, okay. And apparently he, <laughs> apparently he wrote a pyramid song in the same week as his Jeez. second song he ever wrote on piano. It's just, um, the opening is so iconic and what it symbolizes in music history, I think is extremely important. Um, Radiohead obviously being heralded as the best rock band alive in, you know, the late nineties to completely shift away from that, to start Kid A with a purely electronic song with no drums three of the five members don't even appear on the song uh it's such a statement and you know it's released in the year 2000 i think it symbolizes this transition from guitar music to electronic based music 
uh, that would kind of play out through the 21st century. So I think historically, personally, it hits all everything that I look for in music. Uh, and it's just a beautiful, gorgeous song. Um, so everything in its right place. That was the one that I really, really wanted. So I'm, I'm glad I got it. I almost took this and I didn't. But uh, I wanted to ask you, have you seen the film The Creator, Cole? Is that the like sci-fi movie that just came yeah, out recently? Yeah, yeah. I have. I can't say I have. There's a, like a, a ride of the Valkyries. Let's let's fire up the chopper moment set to <laughs> everything in its right place in the movie. Which I'll on say. the one hand I thought was the stupidest thing of all time, and on the other hand I was like, this is cinema to the, me. This but, is also <laughs> like if you and I made a movie, we would be like, let's have choppers fly <laughs> into everything. <laughs> is it is. It's the most like brain dead blunt session concept ever <laughs> that some guy followed through with on an eighty million dollar movie. But also it kind of rules. Yeah. Doesn't this? I mean, doesn't that song work with essentially? You could put it anywhere and it would kind of work. Yeah, yeah. You could like some guy making coffee in the morning, and you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything in this coffee is in its (laughs) place. Senka. Yeah. Okay. So next up, what album? So we had a Kid A run. Yeah, we we all just picked from Kid A. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's the one that does that linger the most. That album in your mind. Well, hearing Cole talk about it. I mean, he, he obviously had a different experience with it as like more of like almost like socially. Mm-hmm. I remember that record in tandem really with Stankonia as mm. these two records that in my lifetime, I was like, is this what it felt like when like Beatles, the Beatles put records out? Yeah. Like where right. you're like, is everything in the world about to change because of these two albums? And there was definitely this meeting of popular interest by like lots of people loving these bands and critical writing about it and thought being put into dissecting what they were doing and understanding what these two groups were doing that felt like man we are really at the vo- like this is the vortex of like <laughs> this is why I love music is to just be in this moment where you know bombs over Baghdad and everything in its right place are playing all the time everywhere I go which is also you know, says a lot about how it felt to to be in New York at that time. But yeah, the cultural discourse around popular music was very different. You could have like a front page New York Times arts piece about these two albums and what they mean about the future for the future. You know, like that's kind of what you were signaling to call it like the year 2000 being a critical time for an album like this to come out. There were so many fucking think pieces about Kid A and there were so many conversations about it every day, even though it was in theory a kind of abstract electronic record. How did these records, these records came out the same month? Did Sanconia come out the same month? It came out October 31st, 2000. Oh, wow. Damn, dude. It's a great, great shout by you. <laughs> Sometimes the world is good. Yeah. It's been 23 years since we had a good time. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so I'm, I think I'm going in the same sphere because Amnesiac was uh, written at the same time as Kid A. They just split it up. Into You're two a maniac. Albums. You're going with an Amnesiac song? I got to go Pyramid song. I mean, come oh on. My God. This is one That's of, a bold choice. Really? This is, I mean, one of the greatest songs of all time. In my mind, um, I mean, similar to everything in right in its right place, and ter- in the, just a capturing kind of this ephemeral musical environment, this otherworldly kind of transcendent environment. Uh, like I said, it was written. And Tom claims he wrote the song in five minutes. Uh, the basis of the piano and the and the lyrics. He said it was lyrically was inspired by um, the circular nature of time. <laughs> Sure. Um, he was listening. He was listening to like Stephen Hawking at the time, and he'd also seen. Uh, I don't know if it was recently, but he had he had seen ancient Egyptian art about the underworld. So all the stuff about him sinking underwater and like 
living in the afterlife and finding his loved ones there was kind of inspired by these two ideas. There's a kind of rhythmic enigma in this song. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but it's a it's a heated debate uh, amongst Radiohead scholars, like what the uh, the rhythm is and what time signature the song is in. Um, so it gives me everything that I, I'm looking for in music, is, which is technical achievement with kind of emotional accessibility and kind of this kind of profound musical environments. And I just love the refrain, there's nothing to fear and nothing to doubt. You know, there's there's a lot of these, and we talked about this a lot on the In Rainbow series where, I don't know, g- generally Tom gets a bad rap about his songs being depressing, but you really get to the heart of a lot of these songs and it has these really beautifully optimistic uh, sentiments. Um, beautiful song, pyramid song. Sean, is it back to you? It back is. to me. Okay, there's some there's some kind of cultural recency bias happening with this pick, but I'm going to make it anyway. I'm going with Street Spirit Fade Out from the Benz. Um, so it's on my list. Which is my favorite song on the Benz. It's been on my mind recently because I had the good fortune to interview Jonathan Glazer, and he, of course, directed the video for this song. This is a song that Radiohead, I think, cites as their breakthrough, as their kind of like elevation yep. moment where they realize, I think Thomas specifically said, like, this made, this made me remember why I wanted to do this, like why I wanted to be a musician and be in a yeah. band. And Glazer's video for it is beautiful. I just want to read Glazer's uh, video, video filmography yeah. quickly. He opens in 1995 with Karma Coma by Massive Attack and then makes the video for The Universal by Blur and then makes Street Spirit. So he, uh, he's just, he could have retired. He, he's the fucking man. <laughs> and then he made Under the Skin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he obviously goes on to collaborate uh, he makes the Karma Police video. He makes the like, that great uncle video. Um, this is the black and white video where they're jumping backwards. They're sort of and, like, floating. Sort of, yeah, and right. Yes, there's a kind of zero gravity quality to yeah. this video. Um, the song itself, this is the first time, um, I actually feel this more acutely than on the bends than I do on OK Computer, which is something that is persistent now in all of their records in the 2000s, which is like, I don't know how they got that sound. Um, mm. I don't know what they did to the instrument or to the after effect, to the sort of post-production of the song. You know, Cole, you went into great detail about like, um, you know, the, the kind of coin scratching and coin strumming that, that Johnny would do when playing. Like they have a lot of tricks, mm-hmm. studio tricks to generate new, new turns of melody that they have a real knack for. I almost feel like this is, the Benz is the last time when they're willing to just accept kind of beauty of their natural songwriting um and this might be to like their most beautiful not their most plaintive not their most sincere necessarily but like uh the one that resonates the most for me so street spirit yeah there's a lot of musical seeds in street spirit that would come to fruition with okay computer too i feel like i think they would have developed street spirit differently had it been on okay computer but all the elements are there um you know we hear the kind of the fake strings um those haunting guitar arpeggios. It's a beautiful song. It was it was on my list. And just to, to chime in, because it's kind of related to the Pyramid Song thing, do you guys know that at the end of the song, he, what he's belting out there is immerse your soul in love? Mm-hmm. So the whole song's about like confronting death, super dark, fading out, and then, but ending with this, ending the record and the song on this really positive, beautiful note. Um, yeah, I love that song. It's also just like an absolute anxiety bomb, anti-capitalist creed, you know? So yeah. it's like a lot of the songs, they 
he, they, he leans very strongly in that direction over the next 10 years in yeah. terms of the songs. That he, like the first batch of songs on Pablo Honey are not necessarily about those kinds of ideas. So it right. um, feels as significant in that way too. Rows of houses all bearing down on me. You know, it's like I'm trapped in yeah. my suburban existence. Yeah. Uh, Cole, to your point about the kind of... Um, Maybe the claustrophobia of the lyrics that then opens out into like a very like open-hearted plaintive kind of call. Uh, the next song I'll pick is is Reckoner, um, mm. which uh, starts out almost like this. Uh, like I, I always imagine like the first verse of Reckoner is being narrated by almost like a kind of cynical detective or something, like <laughs> saying you can't take it with you. Mm. And then by the end, it's like dedicated to all human beings, and it's this yeah. you know gorgeous sort of uh, crescendo. It's my favorite song on In Rainbows, which is very tight competition, but it, I, I, I dare say that like I could end the draft now and feel very happy that I got, hmm. I got the two songs that I got. These were the two that I wanted coming in. Reckoner. Also, not that you would be listening to this without having listened to the In Rainbows uh, season, but the Reckoner episode is like my favorite pod episode of the of of anything this year it's mind-blowing like the stuff you do about the drum programming and 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 everything in there it's just such a great pod episode it wasn't my episode about fast x that wasn't your favorite (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of (laughs) hurt it'll be when you go sola aquaman too (laughs) just booked my ticket for that one yeah um reckoner is amazing it was my number two from in rainbow it's not my number one i'm willing to share that uh do i take my number one now or do i wait I'm kind of afraid of the In Rainbows master right now. You, I mean, who knows more about In Rainbows than you right now, Cole? Well, Chris kind of just stole my pick, but it's okay because he said well, it. Because he said it was his favorite part of the year. So okay. Well, Chris won't take. You got another one, right? Uh, oh, I, I get to do the turn here, huh? Yeah. See, I was curious whether you guys felt any kind of um, pressure to have an eclectic mix in terms of the kinds of Radiohead songs you were picking. Not necessarily you'd obviously pick ones that you loved. But like whether you wanted to have like one that was a little bit avant-garde or like mm-hmm. inter- interpolated some of the IDM stuff or one that was like a kind of power ballad or one that was a rock song. And I'm, I'm having a little bit of that uh, anxiety right now. But since Radiohead is a band about anxiety, I suppose I should just lean into it. I so I will go off of OK Computer and take Letdown. Okay. Okay. Nice pick. Um, my number, now I feel my... like I have somewhat samey songs here. Wait, that was your number one for OK? That was, that was my number one for OK. That was my number yeah. two. Okay. Um, I feel like I have a little bit of sameness mm-hmm. um, here. Uh, you have a type? I think? guess I have a type, as we're yeah. finding out. How would you describe that type? The the kind of like beautiful plaintive singer-songwriter that then just gets put into the Voltron machine by like the <laughs> other guys in the band. Yeah. And, and is turn- this one is like... But isn't that just Radiohead? Yeah, and this one is essentially like this gorgeous proggy version of rem that mm-hmm. i i just mm-hmm. really love when they they do this uh and and let down yeah like that this this song is astonishing i think this i mean this song encapsulates so what they're so good at which is and it, kind of to your point where tom is singing about one thing and music and it is it expressed perfectly musically yeah. meaning that they capture the mood of what he is talking about in the music and on a technical level i think this one stands out because the song is all about detachment and dissociation and it's about him like <clears throat> being in traffic and feeling disconnected from everybody. And, you know, there that's kind of symbolically reflected in the music because Ed and Johnny 
the their guitar riff that sustains throughout most of the song that it begins with uh is playing in five four time and the rest of the band is playing in four four time so you get this dissociation between oh the 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 main harmonic instrument and the rhythm section which i mean in my mind that it's such the perfect expression of what is being talked about in the song um i love letdown it's one of my favorite radiohead songs ever great pick thanks okay so to the spirit of your question chris i've got a kind of like uh overwhelmingly melodic kind of kind of gentle rock song in street spirit mm-hmm. right sort of anthemic like a kind of almost power ballad yeah yeah i've got a mournful orchestral ballad and how to disappear completely so i need to let one rip so i'll let bod- body snatchers rip from oh Rainbows. okay um, which is my my favorite song on a Rainbows. It had been wow. Reckoner for a long time. And um, I added Body Snatchers. This is embarrassing. I added Body Snatchers to a uh, running playlist. Mm. And it was very high in the rotation. Okay. And so then I just had a year where I just heard Body Snatchers Every like 8,000 times. Right. Um, probably, well, maybe more accurately, like 112 times, however many times I ran in that given year. Um, and now it's in my blood. Uh, and it's interesting because it's like kind of a late period normie pick, I feel like. This is one of their biggest hits of the 21st century. Um, charted really well. Loved your episode about this song. I don't know if it's a song that has like the most emotional meaning to me, but what it right. does have is like, I feel like... Radiohead reclaiming their vitality as a rock band. Um, it's very uh, kind of crunchy yes. and masculine and uh, scratchy in a good way. And a little bit unvarnished and a little bit not overthought. And I think yeah. actually the time there are times when I can feel the band in the last couple of albums thinking really hard about how to do something interesting. And I like Body Snatchers as this like unadorned. Yeah, like, they're let's just, like, just we'll go. just play a fucking public image limited song. Yes, you know? yes. Like we'll just let it let it rock. It's a great running song. It's their it's their fastest song in their entire catalog. Mm. Uh, fun fact there. How uh, do you just ha- you have a Bon Mot for every pick? Like, did you have a yeah? Do you, you have, have like a, a sheet? Fa- a Cole fact? <laughs> I do, no, I don't. I mean, I I know a lot about in rainbows right now at this moment because I've just been entrenched. Right, but so, um, okay, that's a great pick. Uh, it's it's actually like it feels like their last rock song. Yeah, you know, because yeah. King, Li- King of Limbs, not realizing. Yeah, Moonshape Pool. There, it lacks a kind of testosterone that you know I think we get in a song like Body Snatchers and Jigsaw Falling Into Place, mm-hmm. uh, which are their I would say their last kind of pure rock songs. Do you prefer uh, the first half or the second half of the album of Rainbows? Yeah, of Rainbows. Man. That's an impossible question. Because I like how you identified this like delineation. I would, I would, say, I would say second half. I think I, my favorite. No, I, I'd ha- actually I'd have to go with the first half. Although my, does all I need go in the first half? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then I'd still say second half. Oh, from wow. Faust Arp on. You guys like Faust Arp? Yeah, I, I appreciate it within the context of the album. It's a transitional yeah. track, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I, yeah. I think it works. All I need is amazing, though. Like, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Heartbreaking song. Yeah. Um, a parallel to Creep, if you get really into the lyrics, actually. Mm, that's um, true. Okay, so I'm on my back-to-back pick, right? So, okay. What's, okay, I, I got to go computer. 
surprised it took us this long to get there. I was thinking the same thing. I for sure thought you guys were like going to be all about okay computer. Maybe I, I uh, that's ageist. I yeah, yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go paranoid Android for I think it. probably obvious reasons. God fucking damn it, Cole. There's really no no need to explain. It's like I think it's parallel to like a Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think mm. it reaches. I don't think it reaches the level of a Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's a it's an epic composed by a very popular band that was still accessible. Uh, I love the fact that they released it as their first single, as this kind of artistic statement, uh, kind of iconic music video. Um, it's a you know essentially a three-part song, that the three songs that they kind of stitched together, which is actually how Bohemian Rhapsody was also made. You think about like the great leaps in music or even like art history, to go from anything off the bends to a paranoid android is just like, what? I mean, where did we knew you guys were good, but we didn't know you were this good uh, and this forward looking. I think it has everything you would want from a Radiohead song. It feels like they really cut. Well, you could say that about the whole album, but I mean, this song, if they had had to complete that song and feel something different about themselves uh, and hopefully instated some kind of confidence because I don't know how you make that song and just don't understand how great you are. Yeah, for so for obvious reasons, I'm going paranoid Android. And Is this their longest song? I would have to double check. I'm not sure. Because off the top of my head, I this like I said, this was basically my introduction to my interest in the band. It had this very strange animated video that I think is also kind of like a portal into david lynch and things like that yeah. it was also very resonant with like the liquid television era of mtv where you were more likely to see beavis and butthead a eon flux yeah you know the the um early mike judge stuff and some of that stuff i think went a long way towards like creating the visual iconography of the band the same way like roses are for the dead or whatever like you know it's like yes. this sort of like stick figure but like early computer animation stuff felt very much like these guys are really on their own trip and have like a vision for the band that's total. Yeah, kind of childlike but grotesque. Yeah. Um, and I remember getting really excited when the video would come on because I'd be like, I get six and a half minutes of Radiohead right now. Mm. It's a very long song. Yeah. And I, I love the Bohemian Rhapsody com comparison. That's dead on. I'd never thought of it that way. Yeah, brilliant. Um, okay, so I'm ready for the next pick. Somewhat strategic. I'm going to go off in rainbows. Yeah, brilliant. Um, okay, so I'm ready for the next pick. I'm going to go off in rainbows, weird fishes. Okay. So. Not I on my list, Cole. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. I thought, okay. This is, I mean, I think my episode, I always loved this song. Um put my episode on it and just kind of researching particularly the layered guitars on the song is just absolutely virtuosic incredible i think it ends up being five or six guitar layers stacked on top of each other in a way that creates again like in the same way that um what was the song we just talked about coloring uh the same way that let down is kind of this cinematic score to the themes yeah. being talked about Weird Fishes creates this kind of underwater, undulating kind of texture, wa watery texture with the guitars, which makes this perfect backdrop to Tom singing about being underwater and hitting bottom. Um, so I love that about it. 
I think it's a, a technical achievement. I don't know how they recorded it. It's insane. Um, so I'm going weird fishes from in rainbows. Okay. Interesting pick. Doesn't really affect my game. Okay. Am I trying to win? Well, like, what are we doing? I think you're trying to <laughs> properly represent yourself as the radio fan that you are. That's like my goal here. And if, 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 if the people agree with me, so be it. The, my first four picks, four picks, three picks. My first three picks very accurately represent my taste. Okay. Now but, you have to start deviating but, from it because, but, but do, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I have, uh, I'm diseased. No, I was I'm just going to say maybe we're, we're now arriving at albums that aren't your favorites no, or whatever. No, no, okay. I still have an OK Computer pick on the board. Now, my heart says Airbag. Mm. My head says Karma Police. Mm. Karma Police, ma- massive hit. My wife's favorite Radiohead song. Certainly a song that I think elevated the band to a legendary status in a way that actually Paranoid Android it needed Paranoid Android to come first, but Karma Police, I think, is the song that made them Radiohead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not the song I want to listen to the most. I want to listen to Airbag. Yeah. Because Airbag does what you're describing, which is like, it announces that record. It's a great first song. Yeah. It's oh, a great okay. first note, yeah. right? That, that Just that. Na, 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 na. So, and I got a, a little twist here too. I also love Electioneering. Not really like the most in vogue Radiohead mm. song. The yeah. most like basic bitch Radiohead song on that <laughs> album. But it rocks. But I already took us on the rocks in Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm taking airbag. Good call. Yeah, good call. Yeah. This is the this is the best I could do with Letdown and Paranoid Android off the board. It's a great song. Iconic opener. Airbag is is a fantastic choice. Uh, I remember, you know, being sort of like on I think everybody was like I think confused by Paranoid Android and it took, if you were like, I got it on the first run and I I see exactly what these guys are doing. I think you're probably lying. Mm -hmm. Um, But airbag was almost this declaration of purpose when I, when I heard it where I was like, Oh man, this band that I, that I liked from the bends is still here and they can still play this kind of stuff. And it it helped me understand the rest of the, the rest of okay computer. I think, I think this is also the song that hipped me to the fact that there was an, underworld of Radiohead B-sides because there was this airbag EP, the How We're Driving EP, which then I was like, oh, polyethylene parts one and two. Like what is, and then you felt the band kind of trying to burst out of its, um, the encasement that it was surrounded by with like modern rock radio. You know, they were like, we have more to say. We're pushing out of something, even though, okay, computer feels like a transgressive statement about technology's incursion on our lifestyle there's actually different modes of music that we want to make and we're putting them in these other places. So the airbag was a little bit of a, a gateway yeah. to that mm, yeah. as well. So that's, that's my pick. So I get two here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll take a Ben's song as well. And, um, uh, I'll take, well, I'll take my Ben song. I, it's a, Sean just did. Okay. Computer. I'll do Ben's and do uh, high and dry. Um, mm. so there is this, quality to the bends and you know uh nigel worked on it but obviously also i think john lecky uh helped produce ben the bends and he's had a hand in some of the like 10 best albums in english music history like you know fall records stone roses xtc and there's like a kind of timeless british rock quality to some of the songs on the bends that i really really appreciate it's kind of a coin toss for me between between High and Dry and a few others on on the Benz, but I actually had a really fun experience recently 
doing karaoke at a friend's house uh, and her teenage daughters requested high and dry. And it was like, it was almost like this language anybody could speak was, was the way that this song works and the way it builds and, and even the sentiments were, were kind of like amazing. And it, it, it was, I was very happy to see teenagers still love high and dry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll do, I'll do that. For, Has that one gotten a lot of like network television TV placement? I feel like that's a song mm. you hear in the world. Yeah, maybe it do, did. And maybe it had a run. I think those Ben songs, a, f- a fair few of them, like, appeared on stuff for a while there. I'm, here's what I'm seeing. Just on a quick Google. Uh, the film, no, the, the, the TV series Greek featured High and Dry. Mm, okay. The TV series Seventh Heaven. That's oh, probably okay. where I heard it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the series Holly Oaks. I haven't seen that one. That's That's a British one, I think. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Friends from College featured High and oh, Dry. How about that? Show you enjoyed? I did enjoy that. Yeah. I don't remember High and Dry from being on it. So I'll do High and Dry. Uh, Cole, do you, have any, do you have any cool things to say about High and Dry beyond like, I, I like it and so does a teenager that I know? Uh, well, good. I mean, technically there's a cool text painting thing where he says hi and he sings hi. But oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, notoriously, <laughs> he hates this. Tom hates this song. He wrote it in college. Uh, it feels like it. It does. <laughs> and so they I don't think the band's ever really been a fan of it. I think it was almost left off. If I remember correctly, it was almost left off the record. Um, I don't mind it. It's not my favorite on the record. Uh, I, if I'm going that route on, on the bands, I'd, I'd prefer Fake Plastic Trees. Um, but I think I've heard that song too many times and have yeah. given myself the dopamine hit of the, the guitars coming in on right. Fake Plastic Trees so many times that... High and Dry just were, and I, I can kind of see High and Dry being like the best song on Pablo Honey, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And it does, it doesn't shock me that this is a college song for Tom, but I think I heard it when I was basically in college and it really worked for Beautiful me. Beautiful tune. Yeah. If the, um, if you ever have a, a chance, look up the early version of it. It's like, not, it's like a full on rock song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Distorted guitars, like. Is that yeah. available? Available, or is it like more of like a? I think there's a YouTube video of them. You, actually, you can actually see them play kind of thing. Yeah, college show. Um, I am going to pick a f- song now from an album that I have a complicated relationship in. In so much, I like the album a lot and don't really want to tattoo any individual songs onto my person. But from Amnesiac, I'm going to pick Knives Out. God damn it! That was the Which next is, pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and. Sometimes if you were like, if you were like play a song that is the song you think of when you are asked to just like to show someone what Radiohead sounds like, mm-hmm. I might play them Knives Out because there's something about the guitar line that feels like quintessentially Radiohead to me. And there's something about the vocals and the, and, and like the emotional content of it or the emotional performance of the vocals that I, I feel it, for some reason it is like platonic Radiohead to me. So funny because I think it's like this has been cited before, and I was reading about it last night. But I, this is kind of like their Smiths song. It does. It it definitely has some some of that. Mm. But I think a lot it's, of it's their like stuff English does. rock and yeah. roll. Yeah. You know, with with some overtones of you know modernized production. Um, great song. Love this one. I feel That's like a- I like this song better. It's it's definitely not one I I go to a lot. It feels like it feels more fitting of the Benz than Amnesiac, mm-hmm. and I'm always I feel like. I mean, I tend to like the more experimental stuff and more electronic-based stuff. So whenever this comes on Amnesiac, I'm always a little jolted. 
Um, I love the song. It's a great song, but it always feels a little out of place and a little regressive at this point. It's in a little career. more pop. Yeah. 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 I'm starting to feel like I'm coming off a little bit basic with my picks. Well, I mean, we're, we're talking about Radiohead. All the songs are great. It's, so, co- it's Cool Girl Autumn over here, you know? <laughs> and I'm just listening to Knives Out. <laughs> High and dry. Yeah. Uh, um, I was going to pick it, but maybe... I guess I'm going to do my amnesiac. You know, I'm not going to do my amnesiac song because it'll be there. It'll be there if I need it because you guys have both taken amnesiac songs. You're not going back to amnesiac with a bypass. I know that for sure. Cole, I don't think you're going to do that either. So I'll let it sit. Okay. I'm going Lotus Flower from King of Limbs. Ooh, so we... That's, Dude, this is fascinating. That's so we're strate- not picking the same bypass record. Uh Oh, you're going to bypass King of Limbs. It's, wow. it's in play. What? K-O-T-L. King of Limbs is good. I think it's good. But I get to bypass something. King of Limbs has Codex and Lotus Flower. Let me tell you something. Which are in the top thirty for me, Radiohead songs. If you oh. bypass Wildcard, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass. It, well, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> uh, it honestly depends on what's on the board. Um, I don't have like a deep exegesis about Lotus Flower. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a beautiful record that is more of a vibe than something I spend time thinking about, and probably came at a time as I was starting to power down from being a music critic and just becoming a fan. And I still am holding on tightly to the bands that I care about, but I'm not doing the work that I was talking about before of like trying to explicate and associate my feelings with what their intentions were. Um, But when I look around at kind of the songs I want to hear from the last 10 or 12 years from the band, Lotus Flower is the first one that I turn to. So that's my pick. I don't, but I don't have, do you have anything? I mean, certainly the most informed to share Cole. I mean, it's certainly the most accessible accessible songs on, on King of Limbs, I think. Uh, so strategically, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it had a great video. You guys remember the, it was like a meme. It was like an early meme of, to, like a gif of Tom dancing. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. an early viral moment. Um, I love that song. It's, it's, it's somewhat straightforward or it sounds straightforward, but there's a lot of technical stuff. I did an episode on it in, uh, on the music and talk show keynotes that I did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlight is like that, if you guys remember the clapping in that song, uh, is clapping on, is in a different time signature than what the song, the rest of the song is. So hmm. there's a lot of geeky things that I could talk about, but I won't. Um, it's a great pick though. Um, okay, my turn, double pick. Okay. You haven't picked anything from Hail to the Thief yet, which is a little bit surprising. Just looking at that, my friend. And Moonshape Pool still on the board. Let's go Moonshape Pool. I'm going to go Daydreaming. Uh, the second song, one of my favorite, this would definitely be in my favorite top 30 uh, list of favorite Radiohead songs. Of course, it's entirely, pro- or not entirely produced by Johnny, but I tend to find out later of my favorite Radiohead songs that Johnny was the... The origin point of the song, not Tom, which is somewhat rare, but I always tend to love those songs. Um, it's like a, this actually might be in the competition for their longest song. It features like this kind of just hypnotic, beautiful piano that Johnny wrote and some really, really br- brilliant orchestration. Has a great video by P.T. Anderson. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. Um, where Tom, who's that? <laughs> where, Tom, where Tom York is like walking through, he enters all these doors that go, you know, like he'll go from a kitchen to like, you know, Wall Street, and then he'll enter another door, and he's in on an elevator, and it's very abstract, and he ends up 
in like Plato's cave at the very end and he lays down by the fire. Uh, it's a great video. Um, there's a really some ingenious stuff that I'll, I'll resist talking about, but um, they recorded Moonshape Pool on tape. And so uh, this allowed them to, on this song in particular, slow the tape down. And so you get all these weird abstract sounds that you just are impossible to make without uh, having recorded on tape. And there is like a little Easter egg that I'll just tell listeners about at the very end. Um, Tom is heard singing in re like in reverse, and if you reverse the reverse, uh, it ends up he it ends up being that he's singing half of my life over and over, half of my life, half of my life. And there's this this theory that he's either talking about he so he's 47 years old when he wrote this song, um, and he had just split up with his partner of 23 years. So to the theory that he's talking about his partner who would die a year later actually of cancer, um, spending half his life with her. But it's also the Drill EP, their first EP as Radiohead, was released 23 years before. Uh, so half his life would be... So either he's talking about his, his partner or the band as a whole. So mm. um, kind of Easter or, or, or both. Yeah. So, But a beautiful song. I really, really, really love this song. Um, so second pick, whew, okay. I think I, I just have like all slow songs. I think at this point, I think I might need like a little, maybe a little rock. All right. I'm going to go, let me go hail to the thief, which no, no one has picked from yet. I'm going to go two plus two equals five. The opening mm, track. That was going to be my hail to the thief song. Not me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Great song. I mean, it, in some ways, it it kind of parallels uh, Paranoid Android in my mind, in that it's like this suite of three kind of stitched together songs. Um, there's a lot of cool musical things with this one. It's through composed, meaning there's no hook in the same way that uh, Paranoid Android has no hook. Um, there's some really cool, really geeky stuff that I love about this song, but it does take you on this kind of odyssey i think one of the things i try to highlight about radiohead is the way that they are on on in rainbow uh, season is the way that they m so masterfully develop songs into the climax and the restraint that they show before the climax to ensure that the climax is really a visceral experience when you get there and i think this one i mean it's like two minutes and like 20 seconds or something of just build up and tension um and so when those drums finally kick in and you have to also remember historically you know this is coming after kid a and amnesiac that didn't have a lot of rock music didn't have a lot of straightforward drums on and so the catharsis felt when those those drums kick in the, the acoustic drums not the electronic drums kick in at the end uh always very powerful cathartic experience for me um two plus two equals five it's cool like orwellian theme going on there very mm. appropriate for hail to the thief which was their definitely their most political album written uh in the wake of the iraq war and everything so i'm going two plus two equals five okay i'm missing pablo honey amnesiac hail to the thief a moonshade pool and b-side i'm going amnesiac i might be wrong okay which i think is a good midpoint of where they were at as a band mm -hmm. at that time. Not fully experimental, still guitar-driven, but there's something halting and syncopated about 
the rhythm of the song that is kind of unnerving. And I strongly considered Morning Bell Amnesiac or Life in a Glass House. I feel like I'm the only Life in a Glass House fan. I like Life in a Glass it's House. A, it's on my list, yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Maybe I should have gone there because I think it's like... Uh, it's an interesting reach in a direction they very rarely go in. Yeah. You know, that kind of like New Orleans brass sound. I don't think they ever tried anything like that ever again. Well, really. that's... Not really. Kind of national anthem, right? Is like where they start doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but that feels like digital. Uh-huh. And, and Life in a Glass House is the rare like analog experiment, I feel like, from the band. Mm. Um, but I might be wrong is probably the one that I most associate with Amnesiac. So... And then, you know, they went on to name that, that live record after that song. And I think that song becomes, it's not like a big hit song, but it is emblematic, I think, of the era. So that will be my amnesiac pick. Um, okay, Chris, you, you got two. Okay. Uh, for Hail to the Thief, I'm going to take There There. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, which is an awesome song live. I, I guess we haven't really talked about them live very much over the course right. of this, but like, Basically, the entire band plays drums, uh, yeah. uh, except yeah, for the rhythm section. Well, except for yeah. the bass player and, and Tom. Um, it's very cool yeah. uh, and a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Um, and let's let's make things interesting. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'm going to bypass King of Limbs okay. in order to pick National Anthem on Kid A. Hmm. Okay, again. So I have two Kid A songs. And no King of Limbs songs. And National Anthem, you probably would remember this better than I would. Did they not debut this on Fallon? It was SNL. SNL. Um, and they had like the full brass band. Right? I wasn't sure. I don't think it was a debut, but they definitely yeah, well, they they played, like, it. played yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. I think it might have been the first yeah. time I heard it. It was this something. and uh, Idiotech. Yes. Both of them like fucking phenomenal. But this one was the first song that they played, right? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they played this first. They broke out. And the, it was a, like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, they moment. had like a fucking full horn section. And I, yeah. I remember just being like, uh, this is this is like melting my noodle. So Yeah, the how, album came out October 2nd. I think it was like October 10th they were playing Saturday Night Live. That's okay. crazy. Yeah. It's so cool. All right, so I, yeah. I'll take, uh, I, I'll use my bypass and I will take this, this extra, this extra Kid A song. It's funny how the Kid A songs, I can hear every single one in my head. I know. Yeah. It really imprinted in a way. I guess going back to that time when you were like, music was the most important thing in the universe. Yeah. And I, just, we just, I would just walk around with this in a disc man all day long. Yeah, me you too. Um, okay. You got one more? Oh, no, you, did you take your both? Yeah, you got Yeah, both. I got there, there, yeah. and I took I took a... <sighs> Is it bypass time for me too? Let's do it. I'm going to bypass Pablo Honey, which I don't care for. The correct choice, yes. Um, I thought about trying to make some case for Ripcord, but okay. I don't really have a case for it. I don't really like it very much. Where to go with the Benz? What to take with the Benz? The Benz has what, 11 perfect songs. You have, honestly, like the, the carpet's been rolled out for you at the Benz mansion, I think. <laughs> I think their most touching rock ballad is Black Star. So I'll take Black Star. I, I regret okay. not taking Black Star earlier um black star is a great david bowie song it's a great walk down the aisle at your wedding song it's a great i just broke up with my girlfriend song it's a great uh great guitar song great guitar record uh a very mutable 
kind of Radiohead experience uh, with a really soaring chorus, the likes of which they were reluctant to ever pursue again. Um, this is one of my favorites and is, is a conventional song, but a really, really great Radiohead song. So Black Star. Okay, beautiful. Uh, double pick for me. Is that right? Yeah, double mm-hmm. pick. Okay, so I have my wild card left. I have King of Limbs left and the Benz left. So let me go to the Benz. I'm going to go just from the Benz. Mm, great pick. That was my next on the list. Probably, probably my favorite guitar, just pure guitar song from Radiohead. I've loved this song since I've ever heard like. I remember vividly, this is actually one of the videos that started my obsession of like, what does that mean? Uh, do you guys remember this like kind of cryptic video uh, where the businessman is like lying down on the yeah. road? Yeah, the and street. then everybody lies yes. down, right? Well, yeah, that's like they're all asking him like, why are you lying down? Why are you lying down? He's not saying oh, anything. Right. It's and a at the end, film right. style. Yes, the yeah, the, yeah, there's yeah. subtitles and like at the very end, they cut the subtitles and he tells them, he's like, you want to know why? And then, cuts out we don't get to see why and then everyone's laying on the ground and i was just like man what does that mean and i did research and it's one of my very first like dissect moments of uh just really going down the rabbit hole the but- 90s were so awesome cole <laughs> where we could have just super cool fake twilight zone music videos for bands yeah. we barely understood god damn we were a proper country what happened what happened to jamie thraves the man who directed that video Where's he at? One of my favorite videos. Didn't he marry someone? He's still directing music videos to this day. Oh, wow. Okay. This was his first music video. Wow. Wow. That's great. Um, Musically, this is another Johnny song. He wrote this song. Uh, Tom said it was Johnny's attempt to fit as many uh, guitar chords in one song as he could. Uh, And the song just rocks, I think. I don't. I don't tend to like when all three members are playing guitars. Those are not the the songs that I usually gra- gravitate toward. I, I like a little of the the electronic elements or just more diverse sounds than just three guitars. But this one, it's great. Um, it's my favorite of their of their rock songs. So I'm going just off the bends as my first pick, and then let's go. I'm just gonna go wild card. Um, interesting <laughs> there's so interesting. much to choose, so much to choose from i don't think i actually don't think you guys would pick this one maybe but i gotta go specter uh okay. the lost okay. james bond song so they had written this song they had commissioned to write a james bond song i specter is the the title of the the bond film right? yeah mm-hmm. it's this third daniel craig yes. one the fourth 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 daniel craig one fourth. it was of course famously rejected for, and chose Sam Smith was chosen over Radiohead. But this is one of my favorite Radiohead songs of all time. So interesting. It has everything that I love about Radiohead in this song. Weird rhythms, this weird shuffle rhythm, beautiful orchestration, Tom's angelic kind of soaring, high-pitched vocals. It's such a beautiful song. I'm so mad that they didn't use it. I, I guess I get why they didn't use it. It's a little abstract, a little weird, but it is one of my favorite songs. I should think it showcases everything great about the band. Um, so I got to go Spectre. Are you guys familiar with the song? I am. Yes. Although I had forgotten 
why it was called Spectre and why it was not on. The I album. like to imagine the alternate James Bond world where like Chris Nolan directs Spectre and Radiohead does the song. Mm. You know, like yeah. had they made different, the Broccoli's made different choices with the Bond franchise. What about the world where Jonathan Glazer directs a James Bond movie? Now, now you're truly speaking okay. my language. <laughs> uh, it's weird too because those those Sam Mendes theme songs are pretty good. Yeah, Skyfall's good. Skyfall. Skyfall's good, yeah. I mean, I like the Billie Eilish song. Yep. Um, the Sam Smith song is not good. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, okay. Um, I'm also going B-side wildcard and I'm taking talk show host. Yeah. Uh, which is their most popular and also, in my opinion, their best. Um, and, it, you know, there are many, many legendary... Radiohead released and unreleased B-side songs that people had desperately been waiting for them to issue. They did eventually issue one of them on a Moonshade Pool, True Love Waits, which people, I felt like fans were waiting like 25 years for them yeah, to exactly. put on a record and complete. Yeah. Um, Talk Show Host was the most widely available in part because it was remixed and issued on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, the Baz okay, Luhrmann yeah. song, right. which I'm sure is where I heard it first. Is uh, that the Nelly Hooper remix or is it just... It's not the remix, but the Nelly Hooper remix... I'm not picking the Nelly Hooper remix, but I listen to that all the time. And it's a time capsule in a moment where trip hop and general rock and roll and like DJ yep. culture were kind of coalescing. And so like, if you liked DJ Shadow and Portishead and Sneaker Pimps and Radiohead, they all seem to kind of be talking to each other for six months. Mm -hmm. And I love the tone of this song. Uh, and I think it plays in the film when Leo is kind of wandering on the beach aimlessly in the aftermath of seeing Juliet for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a beautiful use of the song. And one of those interesting things where like the best bands always have a couple of records that are not on albums. Um, and this, this is my favorite of those. It's a great song. One of the coolest guitar riffs you'll ever hear. Mm -hmm. it, just sound, it just sounds so cool. Chris? Two picks, CR. Okay, I will go with um, I'm gonna go with "Burn the Witch" off the of Moonshape Pool. Yeah, great. Um, which is the the lost Johnny Greenwood movie theme that I wish had come into a a, a Paul Thomas Anderson thriller. You know, Hitchcock thriller is the "Burn the Witch" strings at the beginning. Um, and then I really have to make a decision here because, you know, I'll just do Pablo Honey and um, I will take Anyone Can Play Guitar, which is like mm. a really fun alt-rock song off of that. And to Cole's point where he does not a big fan of them all bashing away, like I am mm -hmm. probably a slightly gener generational difference. And, and this one is probably my fave off of Pablo Honey. Mm. Good pick. Good pick. I am forced to select a song from a Moonshape Pool and also a song forced. from Birth of the Thief. Uh, <laughs> not forced. I like I like a Moonshape Pool. I think I, I guess I looking There's at the list. I like a Moonshape Pool more than Hail to the Thief. Is Hail to the Thief their least beloved record? I would say probably King of Limbs or Pablo Honey would probably be. I would, yeah, I like Hail to the Thief. A lot of people like Hail to the Thief. I think it's, but it's. It's a difficult record. I feel I feel like that was received kind of like at a weird time where people are like, "Oh, you guys, you guys don't like Bush? No shit." You know, like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It is it is framed. By, and you, I mean, you talked about that a little bit on the show too, even just around the Kyoto stuff. Um, I forget what what song is that was that inspired by? I forget which in Rainbow's record. The Kyoto stuff? Yeah, where he kind of like he's like directly addressing Bush pulling out of the the Kyoto um Oh, uh House of Cards. 
House of Cards, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Moonshade Pool, I'm going Dex Dark, which Ooh. Uh, I w- I found a I discovered a newfound appreciation for this song watching the television program Ozark, which uh, hmm. concludes its pilot episode with this song. <laughs> And I was sure like, does. I was like, what the fuck is going on with Bateman? Like, is he okay? Yeah. Um, I actually didn't keep up with Ozark. I did. I finished the first season. Do you want me to recap series. the entire series Let's for start, you right now? Just go right now. Start. <laughs> what happens in seasons two and three? I know Julia Garner gets in the mix there. They cross a line, eh, Sean. You know? And they can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, but I remember thinking, because, you know, at that time, Bateman was Hogan family, Arrested Development, uh, Chuckle Buddy. And then when he dropped a Radiohead song at the end of the the album and a Radiohead song from an album that I probably had not spent a ton of time with when it was first released. When it was released, I was like, I'm, what, what, what year was Moonshade Pool? 16? 2016, yeah. So we were launching The Ringer. I like that you're ascribing all this curatorial taste to Jason Bateman and not his music supervisor. Like, sure. Jason Bateman is also <laughs> John Peel. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, you never know. I'm sure he's- It might have been- it's the, it's the pilot. I'm sure he has a, a, a rich music- uh, library. You think he's never heard of Radiohead? <laughs> uh, but I, I like Dexter quite a bit, and there are other songs on the album that I enjoy. But that that that's that's my idiosyncratic pick. All right. Okay, cool. All right, my final two picks. I think I got to go King of Limbs, Pablo Honey, or Bypass Card. Okay. So let me hit King of Limbs first. I'm going Bloom, mm-hmm. the opening track. I I actually genuinely love this song. Uh, I think it's. A beautiful song. I think it represents the album very well. Insanely complex, rhythmically, just fucking, uh, just a jigsaw puzzle. Um, but just, a, I, I love this song. I'm going to go for my second pick. I'm going to bypass Pablo Honey. And I'm going to choose a second song from In Rainbows. I'm really glad it's on the board. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. It was actually my favorite radio song of all time. Aside from everything in its right place, it is nude. Mm. Um, this song, for whatever reason, and I don't even know, really know how to explain it, has just always touched me, has always moved me. Um, not really so much about what he's saying, and just it's just the sonics of it, that reverse uh, string introduction, that beautiful bridge where it just the music tapers off and. It's just Tom alone belting out those final those final notes kind of into the ether. And then the one of my favorite moments in all of music is when the band, after that moment, comes back in. And it's such a cathartic, every, emotional experience for me every time. It's one of the songs that brings tears to my eyes every time I listen for whatever unexplainable reason. It's such a just beautiful song. Uh, so for my final pick, I am going to pick Nude. Fitting given the series you've just concluded. I think so, yeah. Um, okay, very good pick. I have to take a song from Hail to the Thief. I think I'll do I Will. It's a good one. Which is the most touching song on the album to me. Is also the name, is it, is it a George Harrison composition or is it a Lennon-McCartney Beatles song as well? I think it's a White Album song called I Will, right? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, and... Plaintive, sincere, um, unadorned, and 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 good. I thought about go to sleep, yeah. But I'm I, I'm I want to end on a heartful note. So I have one last pick. It's just my wild card. Yes, Cole. May I pick something off of Radiohead's 2007 webcast? 
Oh, interesting. I'll allow it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I, now there is something that I would I would like to do, which is pick the run of songs where they did Headmaster Ritual, Ceremony by New Order, and Unravel by Bjork, and just Radiohead as a covers <laughs> band. I'm happy to just take Ceremony, the cover of Ceremony, okay. and just briefly say that this is among the like 10 coolest things I've ever seen in my life because it's 07. So it wasn't like we were like regularly watching video on the internet. And these guys were like, we just put out in rainbows. I believe that was what it was. And we're just like played in rainbows and then played the Smiths and New Order and Bjork. And I was like, we don't have to do anything. You two doesn't have to go to the sphere. We don't have to, you know, like we, we don't have to have the errors tour. We got it. Oh, seven. These guys played New Order. It's a wrap. (laughs) If Cole allows it, that's a great, great call. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. It's a wild card. So, yeah. I wasn't sure how, how wild we could go. But you went, you went there. You went there. All right. You guys want to recap our lists? Yeah. Uh, Sean, go ahead. I bypassed Pablo Honey. So in order, chronologically, from the Benz, I selected Street Spirit, Fade Out, and Black Star. From OK Computer, I selected the opening jam, Airbag. From Kid A, I chose How to Disappear Completely. From Amnesiac, I chose a song, which is a phrase I would otherwise never utter, which is I might be wrong. <laughs> from Hail to the Thief, I chose I Will devastating song and in in rainbows i chose body snatchers from king of limbs i chose lotus flower from a moonshade pool i got dex dark and my b-side wild card was talk show host okay solid i had uh from pablo honey anyone can play guitar from the bends high and dry from okay computer letdown from kid a i took idiotech first then bypass king of limbs to take national anthem second off of that album Knives Out from Amnesiac, They're There from Hail to the Thief, Reckoner from In Rainbows, Burn the Witch from Moonshape Pool, and then just as a little bit of a curveball for my wild card, I took their covers from their 2007 In the Basement concert. So if I have to pick one there, I'll pick Ceremony, their New Order cover. Beautiful. All right, so I bypassed Pablo Honey. I got Just from The Benz, Paranoid Android from OK Computer, Everything in Its Right Place from Kid A. Pyramid Song from Amnesiac, 2 plus 2 equals 5 from Hail to the Thief. I have two picks from In Rainbows, Weird Fishes, and Nude. King of Limbs, I have Bloom. Moonshade Pool, I have Daydreaming, and my wild card was Spectre. Damn, I think you won, Cole. I think I won too, but let's bring in in, uh, Kevin Pooler as a uh, a non-biased review. And Kevin, are you there? Yeah. Hey, you guys, you guys got me floored, flabbergasted, excited. I got to say, I'm a little biased because not only is Cole my boss, but... Um, <laughs> Technically, Sean's your boss. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good point. No, honestly, I can't go without things that all three of you picked. So, I do have to say, though, everything in its right place, plus Pyramid Song, plus yeah. Weird Fish, and Daydreaming... Yeah. going to make me have to go with Cole. Although I respect everything you guys chose and I definitely rock all three playlists. Beautiful. Thanks, Kevin. This is going in your file, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Write me up. All right. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, Cole, thank you so much for having us, man. This was really fun. Thank you, Cole. It was yeah, awesome. Beautiful. You did win, but also I won too. Also, the amount of work <laughs> you put into that pod you just did you probably deserve to win it's true <laughs> it'd yeah, be funny hopefully. if me and sean came in and be like hey i like just, just wrecked it I like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful you guys want to plug anything 
Uh, listen to Chris Ryan on the Philly Special Pod. <laughs> it's one of my favorite pods. Something I listen to every day. It's something okay. you never listen to. <laughs> listen to the Big Picture. It's a great sure. podcast. Great, cool, wonderful. L- listen to Dissect. More, yeah, more and more, more and more. <laughs>